Welcome to the Viato Podcast's special series, Retail Revival. In the series, we'll be taking a closer look at the operational challenges, issues, and opportunities dealers across the country are facing with the COVID-19 crisis. In each series episode, Viato thought leaders and dealers will share their insights and perspectives to help you manage your business today and find your way to a brighter tomorrow. I'm your host, Lance Helgeson with Viato. Today's guests on the V-Auto podcast are Jonathan Self, who is a used car director for Texas Auto in Houston, and Patrick Janes, the director of business development for V-Auto's Stockwave. Jonathan and Patrick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Excited to be here talking with everybody. Great to be here, Lance. I've asked Jonathan and Patrick to be here today, folks, because we're at a time, it's early May, May 8th, when the market has picked up a bit from where it was, and both on the retail and wholesale sides, I think we're at a point where it's worth taking a moment to take a closer look at the wholesale side of the market, and that's where Jonathan spends a fair amount of his time. Before we start diving into our conversation, Jonathan, for our listeners, could you tell us a little bit about your dealer and your role with the dealership so folks can understand what kind of business you have and what you do? Absolutely. So Texas Auto is a family-owned and operated business. They started you know, roughly 13, 14 years ago. It was four brothers with a dream to sell really cool cars. And it was during the boom of the eBay days. And so these guys learned really quickly how to sell cars online how to sell cars without talking to customers. My position at the dealership is solely focused around maximizing our return on investment on what we're purchasing. How should we price it? What are we buying down to color, down to trim, you know, and just trying to fill the holes of our inventory with the right makes and models. And that adjusts, that changes every single month. And we've noticed recently there's been some dynamic shifts, not only in the wholesale market, but also the retail market. So it's my job to identify those areas, what we do well with, what we don't do well with, but ultimately is to manage the inventory from a holistic approach and make sure that we're following best practices from start to finish, from the day we buy the car to the time we sell it. So I have a question, Jonathan. We're two months into this pandemic, and it sounds like you're, you know, do your best to stay on top of the game and make good used vehicle decisions. What effect has the pandemic had on your business and maybe the way you approach buying cars right now? So that's a great question. And to be completely frank, on March 10th, we had no idea what was going to happen. We were getting ready, gearing up for the biggest month that we were going to have pacing 371 cars. And who knows, you know, we could have maybe even done more than that. We really saw the effects of COVID-19. People were scared to come to dealerships. Cities were shutting down across the country. And we had to adjust very quickly. We really didn't have time to think. It was more of a, just an instinct reaction that we made on the fly. And we stopped buying completely and said, okay, we need to dial in our inventory and we need to really make sure that we're doing everything we can to represent our vehicles online correctly, working every car deal as if it was the end of the month and really saying, okay, before we do anything, we need to determine what this market's going to do. 
what did you see in the wholesale market there initially? I mean, it sounds like you just kind of shut off the buying. So were you guys working on the retail side and just driving down the size of the inventory? We were actually in the process of ramping up. So, you know, the announcement came March 10th. The two weeks prior to that, I probably bought 135 cars within two weeks. So the first week was half digital, and the second week prior to March 10th was 100% digital, which is where I thrive. I've used Stockwave before it was Stockwave when it was Auction Genius. So I've been an online buyer, and I noticed immediately just the significant drop in what cars were bringing on the block. People were trying to learn how to adjust, even the auctioneers trying to adjust to selling cars with just a complete digital audience. And I think that the market has changed, and I think it's changed indefinitely because of going completely digital. Hey, John, let me ask you this. First of all, I call John Johnny Gadget, so that's a a nickname we're going to get into this podcast here because because I trained with Johnny... I trained with Johnny in a role a while back, many years ago, but we go back a ways. But uh, Johnny has every electronic gadget. That's why he's Mr. Technology, far more advanced than I'll ever be. But anyways, Johnny Gadget, let me ask you, did you ever like come to a grinding halt in purchasing or were you just studying the market then when you were like, oh my gosh, do we want to go buy any more cars? Or were you still buying a few cars, you know, trying to get a few out of the wholesale or kind of what did you do when you knew like, oh, we're not really sure where this retail demand's going to go? Well, I'm going to share a secret with you guys now that it's pretty out and I think everybody's doing it. We said, okay, we can't control what's going to run through the auction. So we ramped up our street acquisition. So I have not stopped buying altogether. We shifted our focus. We ran some digital campaigns. I built a custom website that had a lot of, you know, just, uh, I can't think of what they call it in marketing, but just click actions and, you know, an offer to get excited about was kind of the theme. You know, we've partnered with KBB as a buying center and do all the auto trader, trader marketplace stuff. And so we didn't stop buying. We just pulled away from the auction and I still was logging in every sale I could because I was trying to get a gauge and a reading on the market. I'm pulling sales data reports. I was logging what cars were bringing at the auction into a spreadsheet and then comparing that data with what we previously purchased and kind of charting, you know, and I know this sounds crazy, but almost like a, a stockbroker would, I was plotting market day supply looking at cost-to-market metrics and price-to-market metrics because we were trying to figure out at the end of the day how much to pay, right? Some guys were saying, oh, I'm going to buy 30% back at MMR until that number adjusts. Well, at the end of the day, I still feel, and this was drilled into my head from day one at Performance Management School, is that, and I think it was John Griffin that said, buy or die. So if you're going to buy it, and you recon it, you're never going to be able to turn a wholesale profit unless you're a wholesaler. Well, we're in the retail game. So we had to figure out, okay, from an age standpoint, what's our exit strategy going to be? And so the whole stopping and and, and not really going to the auction was, for us, there wasn't a lot available for us because we buy such specialty niche inventory. But also, I honestly had no idea for the first time in my life how to gauge the market. And it was actually quite scary, but I think we've slowly adjusted to that. And as of right now, I think we're pacing 331 cars 
which is only 30 off of what we were pacing going into a non-pandemic state of the market. So Jonathan, are you back buying cars then in auction and not just off the street? I am. Actually, I was a little late to go through the questions that we were going to talk about today because I logged into an auction and uh, was quite surprised whenever I had 65 cars on my buy list that met our specific criteria, which hasn't happened in a really long time. I was super excited to see the manufacturers coming back to the lanes with really good inventory. The pricing was, uh, I think today was, was a buyer's market. Uh, I think I closed out the day with 37 cars. I'll close out the week my first week back of really heavily buying with probably somewhere between 65, 70 cars, somewhere in there. I haven't done a final count. And I'll still finish up the day after our conversation, going through and browsing using Stockwave, trying to find cars that meet the business plan and, and my profit objective with a few click of a button. So I'm really excited to be back in the game and buying online. And today was, you know, to give you an idea, I run between three to four monitors with a really beefed up computer that's solely built for buying. And I was running, I believe, 12 lanes at one auction. And it was it was amazing. Today was a great buying day. The market has come back and it's really good. It makes me feel good. Let me ask a question, Jonathan. You mentioned your business plans. I'm curious, how does that business plan look right now versus where it might have been, I don't know, 45, 60 days ago? So... Of course, our business plan, you know, our strategy page, we've scaled back what we want our dealer day supply to be. And the main reason why I scaled back dealer day supply is, is that I don't know what the market's going to do. I mean, it could shift again. And I don't want to be holding on to a dealer day supply. You know, we kept it around 55. We've also adjusted our profit objective. You know, we base our profit objective inside a stock wave off of our book. And so... We've always done that, but I've scaled that back to where before with PAC, with recon, with everything that we have in there, our actual cost of ownership, we wanted to be in the in the mid to upper 80s. So I scaled that back a little bit because I need to leave myself some room that if I do need to make a quick pricing adjustment, that we can price vehicles down and still be in a position to make a profit. So we have scaled it back a little bit from the standpoint of how many cars we want to keep. Our buy actions are different now. Going in, you know, three weeks ago, my strategy page was solid red, which was scary. We really, you know, prefer to have it all green. Our buying team, so I have five, we have five buyers and they are not allowed to click, raise their hand on a car that has a negative buying action. We live and die by that strategy page because we feel that's the best way to manage our inventory, to manage age, to maximize turn. You know, we have adjusted our business plan along with adjusting our strategy page. And that came with the help of our performance manager with Stockwave. And we've also adjusted our, our objectives inside of provision to try and identify what the market demand is, as well as identify what we're doing well with. Patrick, I just got the virtual wave here. You had a question you wanted to ask about performance management? Yeah, John, I know that you spend a lot of time, you're really engaged with the B Auto folks, because I just know you're a student of the business, which I appreciate. I emulate you in that way, just because I think, you know, studying the market in this difficult time is, is what's really given you your upper hand. And I think we're both on the same page. In that engagement with performance management, 
How often are you working with them? What does that mean to you? Are they doing some legwork for you? What are your expectations of them? Because I know you use your performance managers, performance consultants, probably optimize them as good as any of our clients that are on the auto provision, Stockwave, et cetera. So give us a little description of that that maybe some other guys may not be taking advantage of that and realize that, you know, what that benefit is. You know, it's funny. As a performance manager, I was like, hey, I'm always here for you guys. And not a lot of dealers utilize that. And now on the dealer side, you know, I'm pretty sure that Dan Winchester loves getting phone calls from me at 5 a.m. <laughs> because <laughs> I utilize every single aspect of Viado, right? We pay quite a bit of money for the service. So, you know, I'm talking to my performance manager monthly, bi-monthly, you know, in the heat of things. Prior to COVID-19, we were doing a weekly strategy meeting with our Stockwave PM. And every single week, he would put together a report that would show me what the market was doing versus how we were stocking versus what our sales goals were. And we tweaked it every single week. And that was such a huge benefit for us. But I think the guys that don't utilize their performance managers, right now is the time to pick up the phone and blow them up. You know, there's so many different things that they can show you. Just a second set of eyes looking at your inventory, looking at your pricing, you know, talking about one thing that we implemented here that I've never done and I've talked about doing was save a deal. And every morning we get together as a group of managers looking at previous day appraisals. We have a KBB buying team. Three times a week, we're with those guys and girls and we're looking at every single lead that's come through. So just something simple as a save a deal meeting or asking your PM, hey, give me a sweet spot report and let me see where I'm transacting at. Or even better, just sheer sold data, right? You know, what am I selling? You know, we get so busy and so involved in buying cars and desking deals and handling trades and recon that a lot of times we forget to just something as simple as, hey, can you send me a daily sold report? If you're looking at it daily, trust me, you're going to start noticing trends. And that's the information that I think every dealer needs to use, especially right now, to make better buying decisions. So yeah, I, I probably wear them out. And uh, I think sometimes whenever I, I call, they might look at themselves going, oh, what does he want again? <laughs> Jonathan, I got a question for you. You know, not, not everybody who's listening into the podcast may be a V Auto client. So I wonder, going back to the point Patrick made that you're Johnny Gadget, I got to believe you're out online a little bit. Have you run across any other resources maybe if where folks are talking about these issues in some forums or other spots? Yes. So I have been honored to be invited into the Used Car Manager Facebook group. And it's a collective group of about 3,000 guys, all GMs, GSMs, dealer operators. There's no vendors whatsoever inside of there. It's just a place where you can ask any question and no question's a dumb question. And I devote 30 to 45 minutes of my day to go through the post to see the questions that guys are asking. Because the beautiful thing about being on the, whenever I was a performance manager is being able to talk to so many dealers and learn what's working, what's not working. Well, now that I'm on the dealer side of it, you know, a lot of dealers don't want to share what works and what doesn't work. But this group, it's used car manager group, it's on Facebook. Every single day I learn something. And what I've noticed is that everybody's having the same pains. And just as of last night, I made a post and the post was, you know, talking about, how many units we have in stock available for sale, which is about 360, 370. 
and our track was 331. And I'm afraid of, do I lower my prices or do I maintain the current course? And I had so much positive feedback from that, that it was just, you know, I was thankful because some guys were talking me off the ledge of gutting prices, whereas other guys were saying, hey, look, you know, think about the fact of what is the market availability going to be. Now, for the guys that are selling cars under, you know, the average price point of 15000 that might be a little bit more volatile market. There's going to be a lot of competition. And I really think that over the next 30 days, if not even just, you know, next two weeks, we're going to see an influx in those cookie cutter velocity style cars. And low market day supply cars are going to get gobbled up, but I don't know exactly what the market's going to do just yet. So for us, our average price point is 25000 And I made the decision to just maintain my current course, but I'm not afraid to deviate tomorrow. And one guy said, raise your prices over the weekend, lower your prices, raise your prices by 2%, lower them by 1.5%. So you've actually increased by 0.5%, but you're going to trigger all of your third-party sites that the price has changed. Maybe a customer goes, are these guys crazy? They raised their price? Or maybe they go, holy cow, I totally forgot about this car. It's still available. Let's go. So that's some of the benefit of being able to be on that side. And then regardless if you're using the auto or not, do some sort of sales report. So if you you just want to know what you're selling every single day, how old was it, if you can tag front and back end gross profit, great. Keep track of trim levels and colors, you know, just the basics. You don't need the auto to do that. You can do it just, you know, have your sales managers, desk managers, have an inventory guy, whoever, just put together a spreadsheet and look at it and do some averaging. You know, try and get yourself ahead of the curve because data is everything right now. In today's market, I think data is more important than anything else. It's a good point, Jonathan. And I think your point about the weekend price bump may be worth the price of admission for everyone here on the podcast. Appreciate you passing that along. Patrick, I had one more question. Did you have anything else for Jonathan? No, it's been great. I've just enjoyed being a spectator on this. I love Johnny's insights. He's always thinking ahead of everybody, and I know he's so technologically astute. It um, it really comes through, and I've really enjoyed you sharing some of these insights. So, uh, you know, it's all yours, Lance. Milk everything you can out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want one last thing, Jonathan, and thank you for taking the time for us today. But if you had a crystal ball, and let's look to the way that we're buying cars now and maybe how that might be different than it was a couple months ago. What do you think from a wholesale acquisition point that uh, may change or has changed now and just maybe part of the way we do things moving forward? So I have two outcomes in my mind, and it's either, and this is, I think it's going to go one way or the other. One is if it stays digital, the guys that don't adapt are going to have a difficult time finding inventory, which in result could drive up market pricing because supply and demand, you know, the supply is not going to be there and the demand is going to be high. And not that the supply is going to be there from a standpoint of not cars at the auction, but it's going to be there because guys maybe aren't comfortable buying online. I've had this conversation with a, with a million guys saying, I'll never buy online. Two of them work for us. You know, they're old school car guys that walk every single vehicle. And it was awesome today to see them logged into a sale online in another state bidding on cars that they're making those decisions based on condition reports. My other vision, and this is just my humble opinion, 
is that we are going to see a huge increase in demand because dealers haven't been buying uh, for, you know, I guess it's going on six weeks now. They're solely relying on trades. I think if demand increases, supply comes down, that we are going to see a dynamic shift in the automotive business. And I really think it's going to be an opportunity for dealers to increase their prices. We've done that. We've tested that model. It's working. I'm transacting at a higher price to market on average than we've ever transacted during a national pandemic. So the two things that I focus on is one, adapting and evolving. With me being a tech guy, you know, I'm loving the fact that the auctions may go 100% digital. But educating yourself, I think it's the single most important thing that anybody can do right now and really paying attention to the supply and demand inside of the market because it's going to go one way or the other. It's either going to be high demand, low supply or low demand, high supply. And both of those have different business models. Both of those have different strategy for your acquisition. And you have to be prepared to, to pivot, shift. And as Fabian Mackin says, it's all about blocking and tackling. Jonathan, that's a great closing point. And thank you for taking the time to help educate others on the where and ways that this market may be moving. Patrick, thank you for joining the podcast as well. Gentlemen, I hope we get you back on the program soon. It was an absolute pleasure, Lance. Patrick, as always, anytime. I'm always here for you guys. You guys are always there for us as a dealer group. And I'm honored to be able to be on the call with two great guys like yourself. Thanks, Johnny. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for taking a moment to be with us on this podcast. Until next time, stay well. <laughs>